0: I'd like to welcome everybody out to the Domesticated Savages Podcast. This week, we are doing the theme of Fight Night. Fight night. Today, we've got me, Jake. I've also got with me Jeremy. What's up, Jeremy? What's
1: going down?
0: We got Fitz on again. How you doing, Fitzie? Hi. And today we've got a special guest. We've got our boy, Johan Rubio. What's up, buddy? How you doing?
2: Everybody used their slow jam voice, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Damn. Thank ready
2: what's up? Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me, boys.
1: That I've got a semi now just
3: saying.
0: Was that was,
2: say, I'm, I'm
1: kind of turned on already. That was hot as shit.
0: <laughs> I like It's going it. to be a very short podcast. <laughs> we got <laughs> some shit to do. <laughs> so we got Johan on our podcast tonight, and I said our theme is fight night, right? So, the reason why we have Johan in is because he is a professional fighter, fights mixed martial arts. Johan, what kind of fighting do you do? Who do you fight for? What's the, what would you say, league that you fight in? Would you call it a league? Would you call it a yeah, sponsorship? It's, it's a what promotion. It? A promotion? Yeah. Okay. So, give us the nitty gritty of what you do, who you do it for, and when you do it, what not.
2: Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the mixed martial arts world, uh, mixed martial arts basically... You know, dumbed down version would be like kickboxing mixed with Muay Thai, mixed with wrestling, mixed with jujitsu, judo, things of that nature. So you can punch someone, you can knee someone, elbow, kick, um, take them to the ground. You can body slam them, stuff like that. And then you can do submissions, you know, arm bars, uh, leg locks, chokes, stuff like that. Um, so that's basically a dumbed down version of what mixed martial arts is. So
0: what do you, do you specialize in anything particular?
2: Yeah. So I'm primarily have a grappling background. Okay. Um, I wrestled for about six years of my life and I've been doing MMA. So with jujitsu and everything on top of that for another like eight years. Okay. So.
0: Sweet. All right. So you do, that's what you kind of specialize in. That's what your repertoire is. Obviously you train for everything though, because you never know what's coming at you. So you need to know what's
2: coming at you, right? In that, in that realm. Yeah. So, I mean, the past couple of years, my main focus has been improving my standup. Okay. So my kickboxing, my Muay Thai, stuff like that, okay. just because there's a, a higher level to that other than grappling. I feel very comfortable on the ground, right. whether I'm on bottom or on top, you know, um, but the stand-up portion was I something the,
0: I prefer the bottom. <laughs> yes, he does.
2: <laughs> I'm lazy maybe. <laughs> it definitely can feel like a rest, but the stand up aspect of things is where I had to really polish stuff out. And I think the past last two years I've definitely uh definitely sharpened the tools in that area.
3: So right. I've so I've seen your last three fights. And there's definitely I mean obviously I'm not as big of an expert, but watching a lot of fights and, and being in a lot of fights. Like just your fights from the first fight that we watched, your stand up from that fight, um the one at FitCon. Which yeah. is how long and ago the, was that? That was over the summer, right? That was, was that aug- last no, that was August uh, twenty twenty. So from August until this last fight that you had your your opening yeah, uh, pro fight yeah dude your stand up in both of those were almost night and day different yeah 100%. it was awesome yeah it was that was really fun I think, that was a fun fight I
2: think a big portion of that too is that um, that fight in 2020 was also after my like four year layoff of fighting oh yeah so I think I think that might have played into it a little bit but I definitely felt the difference in my stand up yeah. like technique wise and mm-hmm. everything. Cool. It looked good because you rocked that dude from Vegas a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I, br- I actually broke his jaw the first time we connected where, where I dropped him. Yeah. They said that that's where his jaw got broken. So that was that cool. Was, that was a solid hit. So you, the promotion you fight for, what is it? So, uh, there's a couple different promotions and but the one that I've been fighting for is a fierce fighting championship. You've got
0: a fight coming up. When is that fight?
2: January 29th at the Maverick center. January
0: 29th at the Maverick center. All right. So you've got the the fight coming up, you're preparing for that. What are you doing to prepare for that fight?
2: People prepare like two months or three months for a fight, you know, and they call that fight camp mode, right? My coach doesn't really believe in that. He doesn't really believe in like, hey, this is a fight camp. He just believes in you train all around year round, and then you're just prepared for fights.
3: Um, well, and who and who's your trainer right talk about your trainer a little bit because the dude's kind of a legend the dude's kind of a big deal in the MMA UFC world yeah
2: so my main coach uh Jeremy Horn he's uh definitely as you would say a legend in the sport he's had over 170 pro fights and he's fought from lot. like UFC lot, to dude. like pride to like everything in between um the dude's a as you would call a savage, yeah. he's he does like three gun competitions. He's he's what I call the real life John Wick. Oh, nice! Like he'll kill you with his hands or he'll kill you with a gun. <laughs> I didn't know he did three gun competitions. Oh, he he does competitions every week. Oh, nice! He loves to shoot. He's such a good shooter, that's so cool. fast. That's way really cool. He has
3: cool. like a professional record. It's like ninety something and twenty losses.
0: He's fought a lot. That's for yeah. sure.
1: I have a question coming from a different sports background. Um, like in football, when you're preparing for a game, you kind of study. Field. Film on another team. You watch your own film, but kind of what they do. Do you do something similar in MMA? Do you watch? Do you study up on the guy you're fighting, what his primary focus is, or what he's really good at, trying to exploit some of their weaknesses?
2: Yeah. So we definitely do things like that. I don't get too in depth with it. Because, I mean, as they say, when you get punched in the face, that's when your game plan goes out, right? Right. I don't get too in-depth with that. You definitely do study a little bit of film. Get a feel for like, hey, are they a striker? Are they a grappler? What are they looking? How are they looking in their fights? Like, do they get tired? When they get tired, how do they look? How's their defense? How's their offense? I don't get too in-depth with it. I know some people do. And especially when you hit like the higher leagues, they definitely go over footage like day in, day out and kind of try to exploit some of their expertise.
1: So, is there somewhere if somebody's interested to purchase
2: a ticket to go watch you fight? Is there somewhere they can go? So, you can go to fiercefightingchampionship.com. So, you just click on tickets and then they have pictures of all the fighters. So you could just like click on my face or whoever your favorite fighter is, whatever, and then you click on it, and then it sends you straight to the access. So, so
1: when they go there, obviously it's going to be the best looking face on the whole damn website. Well, so when you <laughs> right? go, when you
3: when you go to the website, when you open it up, that main screen is Johan. Nice. It's so it's sexy. Well, and it, it, that one, if I remember correctly, that wasn't even your pro fight. That was uh, that was your last amateur fight. Yes, sir. One, I should have gotten was, paid for that one. That was that rough. was a that was a good <laughs> fight. An awesome fight. Yeah. So they He's can. They can go there.
0: They can buy your tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And if they click on you and kind of promote you or is there like statistical stuff that goes along with that?
2: Yeah. So they kind of like, uh, mark down like certain sales or whatever. And then we get a percentage off ticket oh. sales and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay, cool. And before
0: we started this up, uh, we we're kind of chilling beforehand. You're talking about, you guys are selling some swag. You guys are selling some like hoodies and t-shirts and stuff like that is where's is that being sold at? What is it for? What's, what's the deal with that?
2: Yeah, so my sponsors, uh Damage Plan MMA podcast, shout out to them. Uh they are the we'll ones shout that, <laughs> them
0: out if they shout us out. How's that sound? <laughs>
2: Sounds good to me. Tell them to shout us out. Um they're the ones that kinda like help do the whole uh hoodies and shirts thing and get all my other sponsors on board and we print it off and basically I get like a percentage of it too and it helps with uh meal costs and like training costs and stuff like that. They also, they also hooked it up this time and, uh, they got me a whole banner made. Oh, cool. So I'm going to be walking out with a banner. It's going to oh, be cool. Nice.
0: So how do you find them? What's the best way to find them?
2: So you can just look them up, uh, on Instagram at damage plan, MMA podcast. Johan, how long have you been on the department, bro? Almost four years. So what are some of the things you've done on the department? Okay. So, obviously I started off as a patrol officer, just a beat cop, hitting the streets, you know.
0: The so. best. The best of the best, bro. <laughs> that, that's really that's really where the the, the bread and the butter. That's that is the, the bread, bread
2: and, and the butter,
1: butter because that's where you see all the shit. Obviously detectives, you know, they they kind of do the back end follow-up stuff, but that's where the action is. You know, if you really want to get into the action of pretty much any police department, it's hitting the streets, working a beat, pushing a car, and going to a black and white, a black and white, into and the unknown of what's going on, <laughs> into the unknown.
0: <laughs> You're pushing it straight. Do you the start sing us the song? Into the great wide open. Oh baby. my gosh! I thought you were gonna sing us Elsa song or some bullshit. <laughs> it's oh, a, is that the new Frozen? Yeah, the Frozen I don't too. recognize
3: anything other than the original.
0: Whatever. So. You've done patrol. What else have you done?
2: So I did patrol for a couple of years. Um, I did POU when all the riots broke out throughout the nation. Public order unit. Yes. For our people that don't know. Hashtag riot squad. Hashtag riot squad. Also a collateral gang detective. Currently still collateral SWAT member. And I'm also one of the instructors for the defensive tactics in the academies.
0: That leads you to where you are nowadays? Yes. Okay. So those collateral assignments are something you do along with being on patrol. You said defensive tactics instructor. So when I was in the training unit, I was the lead DT instructor and I'd have my collateral guys come and help me out a ton. When you started doing that DT stuff, obviously I remember being like a big boon because I knew you had a ton of background in mixed martial arts, which is something that I would love for all of the police officers to have a background in, especially nowadays. When I hired on you know, 16 plus years ago, it was like, All right, we're going to get down to a street fight. It's a matter of tagging somebody in the face and taking somebody down and like whooping their ass, right? Yep. Just kind of like an old street (laughs) fight. Nowadays, it's like everybody and their mom, it seems like, is practicing some sort of martial art. You name it, they probably practice it. You being that DT instructor, defensive tactics instructor, and having a mixed martial arts background, how do you feel like your MMA background helps you out in patrol what do you do on patrol that's like similar to what you practice MMA and what would you suggest people do to make themselves more proficient? You know, the other cops out there make themselves more proficient so they can, you know, take care of themselves, be safe out there on the streets.
2: Good questions. You know, the biggest thing that I tell people uh, that want to be law enforcement or something along the lines, even security, I would say, right. Um, Is that they just need to get somewhere and start training. Like, you want to train Muay Thai? Go ahead. Go train Muay Thai, but do something. You want to train boxing? Go do it. You want to do jujitsu? Go do it. Do something that's gritty, something that's mm-hmm. going to be hard, something that's actually going to be worth something, right?
0: The ability to, to control somebody, that is absolutely something we train nowadays. It's like controlling the hips, controlling the head, controlling those things. Because if you control those things, then you can safely secure that subject. You know, when I was a new guy, it was like, lock, Yo, you. wrist lock. yeah. If those didn't work, it was like, just... Beat the shit out of them until they don't move anymore <laughs> and then put the handcuffs on them. That's how it was, dude. I'm dead serious. That, I could whoop some people's asses because that's all we knew how to do. That's that's exactly what it was.
1: A guy's resisting. It's showtime and it's basically trading blows. You have
3: nine fights, ten fights. Ten. Of your ten fights, which one was your would you say is your most difficult fight
2: and why? Definitely the the Radden fight at the Maverick Center. I was there for that one. That was uh that was the toughest fight because I didn't uh I didn't expect him to put on the volume with his stand-up as much as he did. And he was so fluid with it that it was hard to hard to really like get around it. I had to just kind of like pick and choose shots. And I mean, what was great about it is that like every time I connected with his face, um, I could see his like light switches flicker, you know. I would connect once like really hard and I could see him kind of like stumble and stutter but then he'd be right back on the volume Mm. and he just kept the volume really good and his wrestling was good so he just kept pressuring pressuring and he was just a tough dude overall i took him down in the second round and i put him in an americana and it was a deep americana i i would say like most people would have tapped and i heard one of his like ligaments snap and i thought that was it but the dude freaking bridges out and stands up keeps fighting and he's still about it and so for sure, that oh. was my hardest. Well, I, awesome. I
3: remember, I remember that takedown. And as soon as you got down and you guys were were wrestling around, our table, our entire table stood up. Tyler starts, yeah, everyone's yelling, and then all of a sudden you guys are back up on your feet. And I remember looking Tyler in his eyes, and we were like, "What the hell just happened?" Like, yeah, he was a tough. Like, we dude. thought that was over, and now they're brawling. Yeah,
1: that was. So when you see that, when you're connecting and you're making really good shots and you see his lights flicker, but then he's back in it, does that change your game plan on and your fight strategy, what you're going to do? It
2: definitely should have changed my game plan for that fight. Um, but he just, like, I just got into this, like, super ego mindset of, like, I'm just going to hang in here and bang with this dude. Yeah. And uh, I definitely should have stuck with the taking him down and then repeating and then just going for submissions, repeat it, repeat it until he subs, you know? I'd like to think that I would make the smarter decision nowadays. Yeah. So, so going up, yeah, you got to learn from
1: it. You know, yeah. I think it goes back to what Johan was saying is, you know, if you're interested, pick something and, and go to it, pick Muay Thai, pick Jiu-Jitsu, pick boxing and go be proficient. Um, yeah, I, for sure. I, like you said, I, it instills that confidence. And I, again, I don't think even nowadays, some of these newer guys hitting the streets, I don't, I would guarantee you 98% of these kids have never been just
0: punched in the face. Can I tell you right now? So when I was, the, when I was in the training unit, I was the head DT instructor, we'd have a class of, you know, let's say 20 or 30 people. And so they'd come into to me and I'd say, okay, cool. This is your first DT class. I'd say, <laughs> how many of you people have ever been in a fight and i'm not talking like a fight with your brother or your sister i'm talking like a legit fight like it's school or out on the streets or anything like that how many of you 20 have been in a fight and almost every single time maybe one and maybe two people would raise their hands that yeah i've been in a fight mm-hmm. so two out of 20 i say that's pretty average yeah for you know me growing up maybe i'm maybe i'm an outlier but me growing up Dude, I fought so many times. Oh yeah, I can't even count how many times I fought when I was growing up. I it, fought all of the. It time. was yeah, all the time,
1: and it was just schoolyard. You know, you have a beef with somebody, and it was after school. There was a place, and you would meet out there because it's way out. Nobody's going there. The cops aren't going there, and we'd all park, and it would just be I don't like you, and they would just, and again, there's no there's no techniques, there's no proficiency. It's Dude, just brawling,
2: brawling, dudes, a brawl. and, and, and up. the the thing nowadays too is like you just don't know what people are going to do. Like yeah. nobody's, nobody squashes beef like that. And no. now there's guns yes. now there's knives oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. they're doing, they're jumping people. Like it's, it's no more of that. Like, Hey, we have a problem. We're settling it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's none of that anymore. It's, Oh, well, I'm going to do a drive by. Exactly. Like, you know, see, and I
3: wish we did that in our department. Like, if you have beef with somebody, you, you drive go... By? They, you drive Drive-by? You do a drive-by <laughs> drive on them? Yeah. Drive-by a lineup. You're looking Jesus. up and the hey, wait, wait, wait. Where does <laughs> this, this
0: dude does live? This guy, where does this guy live oh, at? I'm, I'm <laughs> talking... No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> <here? I'm, laughs> all right. I'm getting this guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm brown doesn't mean we always go to drive by. okay? No, I'm talking well, about what Jeremy's Before or after your beer run?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's most people, okay? That's most people. But no, like what Jeremy's saying, like, Dude, I wish, I wish there, I probably shouldn't say this, but there's a couple of people in this department I would love to get into so about they, the God. 100%. 100%. I
1: would and, love to. In New York City, they do that. I'm, oh, I, I, I love the idea. So I what love they, it. What they do listen, is, listen here. Is, so what they do is they have like a league and and, yeah. and obviously there are 40 plus thousand right. officers depending on the year. I mean, it's right around 30, mm-hmm. 40,000 and obviously they're in their different precincts or whatever, but they have a league. A boxing league, and it, and it usually ends up being I have a beef with this guy. They go in the ring, they go at it, and it's I mean it's set up like a, a like a legit boxing match, mm-hmm. but you squash beefs there in yeah. the ring. But back to what Fitz is saying, you know, kind of that trial by combat. There are several, you know, you call it somebody like let's go in the ring and settle it, and then whatever happens happens. Yeah, and again, that's how I grew up. You know, a lot and, of our- and it's squashed. It's done. Yeah. A lot of we the f- fight. If if I'm the one that's mad at you and you knock me out, cool. I have nothing to be mad at. You yeah, shake and hands. I called and you out done. and you beat me. Cool. Yeah. A lot of you're a better man today. A lot of my Friday nights. That's how it was. We had a buddy had a garage and you could call it anybody, and you'd go hammer it out. Just basically like your 16 ounce gloves. And when it was done, you shook hands and that was it. And and that's how we squashed a lot of stuff where where I was from growing up. Yeah. But again, going back to what Jake was saying, there are not enough people who like you said, out of the 20 recruits, you're like, how many of you have actually been a fight? Maybe one or two. Yeah. They don't know what it's like to be hit in the face, have their bell rung, because that's what it is. You get hit in the face and have your bell rung and then realize I can still do stuff. I can still yes. operate. I can still get shit taken care of. Yeah. And so they don't teach that enough.
2: No, no. The, the biggest problem that we have in today's society in law enforcement, I think, is that they think that all the tools on their belts are going to save their lives. That's, that's that's the biggest mistake. Huge problem. And they think that their physical capabilities don't take into account, you know, and, Obviously, I'm a law enforcement officer, so I'm not talking smack on law enforcement officers, but they think like as soon as I put on that vest, like, oh, I'm the man. You're, people are going to do what I say. Respect yeah. my yeah. authority. Yeah, exactly. Less now than ever, yeah. dude. Less now you than ever.
0: You, you know, back when I was newer, uh, I felt like there was more of a respect where it's like, oh, this is a cop. You know, I better just do what he says. Whereas I see nowadays a lot more defiance in people they are saying, yeah, you know what? I don't give a shit that you have this badge on. It means nothing to me. Let's fight. I still remember very vividly. I got,
1: I, I became a cop when I was 21 years old, basically had very little experience in the world, but I was dealing as a 21, 22 year old, brand new officer. I was dealing with 40, 50, 60 year old guys who were calling me, sir, which was completely opposite how I grew up. Mm-hmm. But you show up to a scene and this 50, 60 year old guy is saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking like, I'm 21. I can barely buy a beer. And yeah. this dude's calling me, sir. But years ago, maybe there was a little bit more respect, but less now so than ever. Mm-hmm. Does not matter
2: what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. like, and, and that's the biggest problem too. And and we talked about like proficiency and training and pick something and that's great. Um, but realistically, like in a perfect world, we would have cops that are proficient overall. Like they knew MMA yeah. because I've met some high level jujitsu guys, 140 pound black belts that would tie us in knots. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the moment that I get on top and we're doing MMA rounds and I crack them once in the face, it's like they lose a stripe every time I hit them. Yeah. It's like they can't think straight. Like they're like, "Oh my god, I'm like, I don't know what's happening," and they can They're doing the wrong things and they go revert back to like white belt level jujitsu because they just don't have that like experience of getting hit in the face and functioning like that.
1: Yeah. And part of it is, I think it's that generational gap because I grew up and I think Jake grew up you. You know, there were still army commercials playing on TV about, you know, come join and and basically be a badass. I grew up watching the Predator movies. I still remember 10 years old, my mom bought me the Terminator 1 and 2 box at 10 years old. And so I'm watching Terminator 1 and 2. I'm watching Rambo and I'm watching these, obviously it's, you know, Hollywood fake TV, but this, this idea of being this, this alpha male being in control, going and doing And, you know, you watch any of those movies and these guys got dealt some heavy blows, but they still went on. Mm -hmm. And growing up that way, even with just that mindset that when shit goes wrong, you can still get shit done. Carrying that into, you know, like you said, schoolyard fights, you know, calling out a bully, calling out somebody who you didn't like, you went and threw hands, you got your bell rung, you shook hands afterwards. Like Johan said, that's not the mindset today. I don't like you. I'm going to drive by and shoot up your house or
0: talk get, shit on you on I'm, Facebook. I'm like, going to talk
1: shit on you on Instagram and get five buddies and we're going to jump you when you're not looking. I think it's just a different mindset for these for these officers coming in. But yeah. I think day one of the academy, they should be blindfolded and punched directly in the fucking mouth. <laughs> I like it. And then, okay, that's your introduction. So you Do you still want to be, on be on a cop? Department. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like, this is real life. <laughs> and what's good now about our department in general is that Uh, We have good guys in the training unit that are actually developing like actual skills that we can use out in the field and skills that I have used multiple times. And that has helped me tremendously.
1: I think in, in the academy, we maybe had one or two guys when I was went through the academy instructors who knew and were proficient in some fighting technique. Now we have almost all of them are proficient in something and they're teaching something, you know, in the academy, we do something called fight for your life. And then the first scenario was you're laying down on the ground and obviously they put some facial protection on, uh, whoever you're fighting had facial protection on. And I still remember my first scenario was I'm laying on the ground with my eyes closed and they didn't tell you when the scenario
0: began. It began when the guy hit me in the face. You know, it's funny in yours, you guys had facial protection. We did not. Yeah. We did not. And I got cracked in my jaw by the guy who I was fighting and my jaw to this day clicks. Holy crap. (laughs) So I think they learned. I think it, it learned
1: a little bit, you know, because you were probably Yeah, I learned six or- it
0: sucks to eat tacos nowadays thats that <laughs> shit, bro. It,
1: I think you were probably like six or eight classes ahead of me, right? What number were hmm. you? one two two. I was one two six. So four classes ahead yeah. of me. And they learned a little what are your bit. Class numbers?
2: I know. I don't, don't even, I don't know why uh, <laughs> losers. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> so I Little still
1: remember lady. I'm I'm sitting there. No with, pride, bitch. I remember laying with my eyes closed. The guy hits me, and obviously I'm a bigger guy. So I, I just kind of go berserker mode and I end up getting on top of this guy, reaching out, and I just start choking the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy's going fucking 100.
2: He's just straight up choking, choking the guy. Oh, fishing mode. And
1: so I just start raining down blows. and like, hey, uh, index, index, which is our word for like stop scenario. And
0: exercise.
1: End exercise. And they're like, hey, you cannot do that. And I'm like, hold up. I thought this was fight for your life. If I'm fighting for my life and if I can choke
0: There's this no dude. Way. Yeah. And they're all, is your DA. You can't do that. And you're guilty. <laughs>
3: pops up out of nowhere he's like yeah arrest that man (laughs) man."
1: so and i think a guy my size would be very helpful because especially in our population when you're dealing with i'm the size of a 12 year old tongan (laughs) right you get a 12 year old Polly, and it's like this kid's 12 exact same Same, size
3: well so my my first fight for your life scenario right so you do the whole warm-up thing get nice and winded throw the headgear on step onto the mat and there's a blue gun. It's so a little fake gun, you know. And then there's the the perp, the perpetrator. Right. And they say, okay, this, you know handle the situation, get him, you Did know, you get him to the perp, the perpetrator.
0: What is this? Law and order? Okay. Oh my so god. So the
3: perpetrator happens to be the one and only Jake. So I'm sitting there. I look at the gun and I look at Jake, and Jake's a big ass dude. And I said in my in my head, I'm like, oh, I I can take this dude. No, no. Horrible answer. So I go immediately to try to tackle. I don't know if you remember this. I don't remember this. I go immediately to try to tackle Jake. That did not work out so well because I caught an uppercut right to the face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. I'm (laughs) like, I don't remember
3: this at all. So we're we're probably 15 feet apart, Uh uh-huh, maybe maybe 20 feet apart, and the gun's in the middle on Uh the ground. uh And so I start running. And I, I pretend to like bend down like I'm going to grab the gun. And so you kind of start to go down too. And my arms, I throw my arms out to try to, to tackle you. Uh-huh. And all I see is just this big ham fist Hit me right square in the middle of the face, and I stand straight up, and I look at you, and my eyes are huge. I'm just like, "Oh shit!" And then you just clobbered me, <laughs> and we're, we're rolling around on the ground. Yeah, that was that was. Oh, cool. that's so. I, I had that's to
0: do, do you remember that? I don't remember. Yeah, it, dude. I had do, of course <laughs> I remember. That. I had to do my first
1: scenario twice because I started choking. It like you can't do that because you guys didn't establish a safe word before. <laughs> pineapples. I said yeah. pineapples is my safe Hold word. On. Well, then I go into the second scenario. Which is very similar. Again, I get on top and I go down and I start choking him. And then they go, <laughs> you didn't learn you didn't the, learn the, first, first, time? the no. first time, bro? I'm in fight for my life. They go index. And Rob's like, yeah, at some point I was fighting for my life as a <laughs> suspect. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. And then the third one was the one with the gun in the middle. And then I go and I push him away, get the gun. I'm so winded by now. I'm like, bang, 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 bang. I think nowadays, in our training, it we have more instructors who are proficient in different techniques and tactics. Oh yeah, which is which is a lot more helpful to these new officers if they use it
0: right. The generation of cops coming out are not so hands-on
3: like the rest of us are
0: in our society. I think the alpha male is fewer and further between. I don't think we have the guys that are like ready to take charge, you know, whoop ass. I feel like that's less and less and less. I feel like that was more prevalent back when we were younger. And I think it's because of society in and of itself. Toxic masculinity. That's the thing they push Is Is masculinity toxic though? Is it toxic to be somebody who wants to like, you know, protect their family, be somebody who is the stud? Is that, is that such a toxic thing? I don't it's think, not yeah, for me I, because
1: I enjoy being what we are. I enjoy being a domesticated savage. Yes. I enjoy being able to go out with my family and I think there's an old, and Fitz, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's a Marine saying like, be nice, be professional, but have a plan to kill everybody. Yeah. Something. Be polite, s- be professional, have a plan to kill everyone you meet. And that's a saying that I, I really like because when I go out, I'm nice to everybody. I'm a joy to be around, but don't mistake that for flaccidity. I'm not flaccid.
2: And I agree with that 100% is that there's definitely less when you see it in my generation, but even in the generation now coming out, whatever, it's almost rare Mm -hmm. to see those types of dudes, right? Like we'll get like one dude in the academy where you're like, okay, this dude's going to be squared away. And it used to be more like when it was my academy, it was like, seven of us i would say that i was like wow these are like solid dudes but like i going back to that toxic masculinity thing like i definitely like having that confidence of knowing that i can do that right
1: we've been on the topic of uh you know fighting i want to know do you have a story relating to maybe not fighting maybe fighting but your rookie time tell us a rookie story
2: all right so tell us a rookie story this is a rookie story and a fight story so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh times in my Short law enforcement career where there have been hands thrown and, you know, people thrown and things like that. But I call them tussles. You know, it's not a real dragged out fight. A lot of people like, oh, I got in a fight last week. Had to slam this dude against the car. I'm like, that's, that's, that's not, a, not f- a fight. that's not a fight. That's not a, bro. fight bro. that's not a fight. That's a tussle. That's a tussle. That's a, tussle. That's a dude resisting. That's I like a dude. It. That's, Absolutely. That's, So that's a I always, tussle. I always tell you guys, I'm like, bro, you were not in a fight. That was not a fight. <laughs> but anyways, me, uh, me and my homeboy, we were like, uh, 21 jump street style, just running and gunning, trying to get all the. All the bad dudes off the streets and basically we got a call about like a trespasser at a pizza place you know and so you're like oh dude typical trespasser doesn't want to leave just some like transient person doesn't want, you know washing up in the bathroom whatever right so we we'll show up on scene me and my boy t you know the manager's just trying to like tell us like hey we're closing soon we need you to get this guy out of here we're like all right well let's talk to him let's see what we can do you know we go talk to the guy he's saying stuff like hey dude I'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, did you order food? Like, what's the issue? He's talking to us through a bathroom door. It's a very small bathroom. He's like, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'm sorry. Blah blah. blah. And we're like, dude, what are you sorry for? Like, what are you talking about? He throws his debit card underneath the door. Then he throws his ID underneath the door. He's like, that's who I am. I'm just really sorry. I'll pay for everything. I swear. And we're like, dude, just come out of the bathroom. We'll talk to you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, dude doesn't want to come out, whatever. We start asking for assistance for like medical. We're like, maybe he's having like a mental breakdown. Like maybe medical can come and talk to him. Like, Hey, would you want to talk to them? And he's like, yeah. So he's talking to them through the door and they don't want to, he doesn't want to come out. Our Sergeant shows up on scene. We're like, Hey, well, let's try opening it up with the key. Like dude's got the door barricaded. I try to budget and I'm not like a weak dude, but I like really try to like budge that door open not moving. I was like, dang, dude is barricaded. Right. Then we're like, dude, like what, what can we do to help you? Cause he was saying that he was having like a panic attack and all these weird things like, and just kind of talking nonsense. And already in our mind, we're thinking like, oh dude, this dude's on drugs. Like he's, he's on something. And finally he gives us the name of his brother. And he's like, I'll come out for my brother. We do a little bit of research, find his brother. He lives like 40 minutes away. And we're like, dude, that is a long time. Call the brother. The brother's like, I'm on my way. Can you guys wait for me? Our sergeant's like, yeah, for sure. Orders us some pizza. And he's like, all right, well, we're going to kick it then if we're waiting for like 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So we get a little grub. Are you
0: standing outside the freaking
2: bathroom eating yeah. pizza? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold on.
0: What kind of pie did you
2: have? Oh, I'm a, I'm a plain pepperoni type. Pepperoni. Pepperoni type of pie. That's not bad. I'm a meat
1: lover's. I mean meat but lovers a, is good. Yeah, but you a pet are. sitting there, a pep.
0: <laughs> Jake loves the
2: meat. <laughs> Delicious. I can verify. <laughs> can, confirm. can confirm. Can confirm. But uh, so we're eating some pie. that even the EMS guys are getting in on it, you know, like they're all chilling. The funny thing about this is this will play into you know later into the story, but the the guys start asking us. They're like, hey, so uh have you guys seen that like movie End of Watch? And me and my boy are like, yeah, yeah, we've seen that movie, you know? And they're like, so is it really like that out there? Vehicle chases. Who's asking you this? The EMS guys. Oh, okay. They were like new, new okay. EMS guys. Okay. They were like, so is it like vehicle pursuits and shootings and gang members all the time? And we're like, no, not really. I mean, there's some parts that can be scary, I guess, but like, it's not really like that. Maybe in LA. Yeah, the same South Central LA. Yeah, I was like, maybe someplace like that. That'll play. That'll play a part into the story later. What is Coburg really like? What movie is it really like? Oh,
0: it's the other hands guys. down the other guys. The
2: other guys. <laughs> the, other oh, guys. Oh, <laughs> the other guys. That's Cobb hands work down, right down
3: the, the other guy. I, <laughs> I tell people that all. I tell people that all the time. And nobody believes me. Yeah, and I and I tell them ask ask any real police officer what movie police work resembles, and probably seven out of ten of them will give you the other.
0: They're game. gonna be honest with you.
3: Oh yeah, it's it's the, the other, other guys. guys hands down.
2: Well, even the desk pop, like oh, January twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that your desk pop? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>
1: it's even like aim for the bushes. That's who <laughs> f- <him. laughs> <laughs> jumped off and <laughs> chasing that guy. is like aim for the tree. <laughs>
2: so anyways brothers in route we're having some pie ems guys are talking to us finally brother shows up so we're like hey so like tell us what's going on and he's like yeah i think he uh relapsed on drugs he was doing super well like he had a business he had a home whatever but from what you're telling me it sounds like he's back on the drugs so we're like okay well let's let's try talking to him through the door like can you do that and see if he'll open up for you and come out sure enough Brother talks to him through the door and he's like, wow, is that really you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's me. He decides to open the door. I want to say like a foot and a half open and I tell the brother to move out of the way. I'm like, Hey, get out of the way now. Let me see what's going on. First thing that I see is that the mirror's broken on the wall. The sink is broken, torn off the wall and there's blood and shit water on the ground. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, what the hell? And he has like shoestrings tied to like pipelines and stuff. And that's what he's using to like help keep the door closed. And, and I can see through like a small part of the mirror that's on the wall that he has cuts on his wrists like vertical cuts and he's bleeding out and i was like like we need to save this dude we have to act and being the new guy i'm like i want to act i want to do something right so i'm like oh we need to like get in here i could see that his right hand was hidden behind you know behind his leg behind his back and we're like arguing like past the doorway he's behind the door And I'm like, hey, dude, drop whatever you have in your hands. Get back on the wall. And he's like, no, no, you're not the real police. And I'm like, no, look at my badge. Like, I am the real police. You need to open up. Show me your hands. Dude's just not having it. He's trying to shut the door on me. I'm like, nope. Sergeant comes in with like a, I can't remember if he had a knife or scissors or whatever. Cuts the shoestring. And I pop in with my taser. I'm like, dude, I'm going to tase you. So I like step in and I try to tase him. But he had like a sweater up with his other hand. So he blocks the taser prongs. One of them hit the sweater, one of them hit him somewhere, so it didn't connect. Mm -hmm. Then I draw down. Now I have my gun on the dude. And we're in a really confined bathroom. I am not comfortable where I'm at even a little bit. Already I'm thinking like, man, I made the wrong call here. And my buddy's trying to get in on it, but it's just so confined that I'm like, dude, this is like not in a, we're not in a good position right now. I could still see that he had his hand hidden behind his back. I was like, dude, drop it, drop it. Cause like, I'm already thinking like he has a piece of glass. He has like a knife. He has, he has something right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I used my really serious voice. I'm going to fucking shoot you. And I had my gun pointed at his head and I'm like, this is it. He decides to throw what was in his hand. He had a multi-tool with the knife out. I don't know if that's what he's to cut his arm or whatever, but he throws it. Then he goes, okay, all right, all right, I'm sorry. He lifts his hands up, starts surrendering. So I tell my buddy T and I'm like, hey, all right, let's go in. So then he goes in with me. We go to put hands on the dude. And instantly he like shoves my boy into like the door and the light shut off. So now Fight we're in a dark. very small, confined space. I don't know what this guy has. I don't know what's going on. He's, I don't know where my buddy's at because, like, it's just dark, pitch black. Luckily, my coach had taught me to, like, grapple with my eyes closed before. So he's like, You don't see, you don't see everything that you're going to do. You feel stuff out, right? right? So I'm like, feeling stuff. I'm like, punching him. I'm kneeing him. I'm elbowing. I'm freaking doing everything. And the dude's not budging. He's so hopped up on drugs. I don't think he's feeling anything. I'm able to feel a Kimura, which is like an arm lock for all of you people that don't know what that is. It's like an arm lock on the dude. And I slam him to the ground. Luckily, when I slammed him to the ground, our Sergeant popped in and turned the lights on. And at that moment, the dude's like pressed up against the wall, but he's on his right side, but he still had enough space that he reached up with his right hand, grabbed a piece of glass, and then tried to stab us. So the piece of glass probably got within, I want to say like a foot between me and me and my buddy's necks. Like we were right on top of the dude. So I pressure into him again, pin his arm, and we just start laying the hate on this dude. Just freaking drop it and like, bah, bah, just freaking hitting him. Then I'm telling him, like, I'm going to shoot you. Like, now I'm going to shoot you. Dude freaking just the glass just cracks in his hand. It just shatters. And then the dude's like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, get the guy into custody. He's just a bloody mess. His face looks like hamburger meat because of all the glass that broke in his face and everything. And then we start pulling the guy out. The EMS guys are shook. They are like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. They're like, dude, we're here. You're about to shoot a dude. And then freaking lights turn off and then just a rumble in there. And then you pull him out and he looks like hamburger meat. <laughs> What is like- this, a
0: haunted house, bro? <laughs> <laughs> they're,
2: they're like, it is like, end of watch. They're like, this, this is crazy. <laughs> like, you know what? You, you're
3: right. We don't have, we can't rebut that. Bro. It you're is, right. end of watch, bro. End um, of
2: watch. That, that, to me, was uh, one of the most real moments of like, this is, this is it. This is like what you play for keeps. Yeah. This is like, that could have been me. That could have been my homie. Yeah. That could have been him. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and luckily it worked out in the end. There's a lot of mistakes that were made that I learned from, you know, and now, you know, in my experience, my training and experience nowadays, uh, I would never do something like that again. Yeah. I definitely feel like my fight background saved me in that situation from sure. getting stabbed in the neck or worse, you know.
0: Pretty crazy that you trained fighting with your eyes closed yeah. and then that came into practice actually on a flipping call. That's pretty crazy. I'll tell you right now. I ain't never trained I've never with my never eyes about closed. That, yeah. Never. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, when you think about it too, right? If that happens to any other officer, what's the
3: first thing they're gonna do? Right? right. Everyone's gonna start digging for flashlights. Digging for flashlights, trying yeah. to get the lights yep. on. Mm-hmm completely forget I, about almost, the threat. For
1: a minute I thought when you're like the lights went out and you're like you're laying out bulls and hate I thought the lights were fucking you're fighting your partner. Know, so <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, you you laying <laughs> you hate t- on t- my buddy. T- <laughs> you're just dropping and, bows on and and other. Th- Oh shit. And I was going to laugh if the dude's in the background watching like <laughs> you
3: guys fuck each other. Like, well, <laughs> he's got some MVGs
2: on just like, watching the whole up? thing. This meth has got a lot of gear. He's really athletic. He smells kind of nice too. <laughs> Oh, that's
1: funny. That's that's a very good That's a pretty good story. one, yeah. yeah. Keeping in with the theme, obviously having Johan on and fight nights, one of the one that pops up into my mind is a call I responded to. It's just north of our old public safety building. That apartment complex is about to be tore down. And so it was vacant at the time, but there were a few homeless camps behind it. So there's one guy who has a cot set up right behind it, uh, right up against the wall. I was going to another apartment complex on a call, but another officer calls and said, hey, I got one guy going to fight me. I need officers here quick. And I was like half a block away. So I was like, I'm right there. I run over. He's giving commands to this dude who's, he was just sitting on this cot with a knife right between his legs. And he's on taser and he's like, Hey, look, this guy's obviously trespassing. The the owner of the building wants him gone. He's not leaving. And I've told him to leave. And basically the guy's response is like, we're going to throw hands. It's on like Donkey Kong. By that time, another officer shows up. There's, there's three of us. And so we're telling him like, Hey, you don't want to go this route. Just give up. You're going to jail. Don't make it worse for yourself. And the guy's like, I'll murder all three of you. So we're like, okay, this is the way you want it. This is the way it's going to go. Uh, me and the other officer who arrived, we go hands and we are controlling his upper body. Um, the other officer gets in, kicks the knife away and the guy's still kicking uh, the other officer and we're controlling his upper body. And he's trying to, the other officer trying to get control of his lower body. So two of us are up top, kind of controlling his arms and his upper torso. And the other officer is trying to get a control of his legs so we can kind of turn him around, put handcuffs on him. But this guy, he's probably 6'1", 190. So he's not a skinny guy, but he's he's very wiry. One of the officers starts giving some blows in the head and the guy's, I mean, he's just not registering. This guy is orbiting Saturn. He's out there. And so whatever we're doing is not coming through. So we're still up top, me and the other officer controlling his upper body. I have one arm, the other has one arm. And the third officer, the original officer who called says, all right, well, I'm going to go on taser and." Uh, there's not a whole lot of real estate left, and it's very close quarters, so he can't step back and, and fire the taser because, you know, they, they go in an angle and the prongs spread, so he, he dumps the cartridge, and he's going to go to a drive stun. Well, one of the most effective areas to drive stun at that time was the taint. <laughs> and so we're holding him, and he's like, "All right, taser, taser, taser!" And he puts it right up on the taint and just gives him a shock of his life. And the <laughs> gives guy, him the real shock, he gives him the real shocker, and the guy's like. Bleh! <laughs> my balls, my balls. And he lets him ride it for the five seconds and he's like, knock it off or you're getting in the ride. And so he's like, all right, round two. And he cooks his nuts a second time. <laughs> he probably hit that taint three or four times before the guy's like, I'm done. Holy- i'm tired of this and he submits and so we put him in custody and the guy's like my balls are buzzing
0: <laughs> no shit buddy he's shooting out pikachus bro he's he's got pikachus
1: on his taint living there just zapping him left and right gave,
2: gave him the real life ass blaster
1: ass blaster absolutely <laughs> afterwards i was like holy shit i mean it wasn't anything egregious or you know we didn't have to use a ton of force but i was like that was hilarious Because when he connected with the taint, the guy was singing. He was operatic. I mean, he was hitting the high notes. (laughs) Soprano. He was a high soprano. Yeah. But again, tools can be effective, especially when they're applied to the taint. I believe... you know, I know that Jake has a pretty significant use of force fight uh, story where it was uh, a pretty good Brook.
0: So this was one of our tracks, the North Track. Corey referred to the uh, South Track. This is the North Track. One of our main thoroughfares there on the West Side, me and a female officer responded out there on a man that was just an unwanted person. He was kind of doing some weird shit. He was a resident of one of the hotel rooms, but the hotel staff called in and said, this guy is being weird. He's going to the parking lot, looking at people's cars, and we don't want him here because he's just acting weird. So we go up to the hotel room, knock on the door, and he answers. And he's like in some t-shirt and some underwear, and his room is just disheveled. Crazy crap all over the place. The female officer's the, the lead officer on us. So she's telling him, hey, you need to leave. They don't want you here anymore. You're basically kicked out of this hotel room. You need to leave. And he's acting pretty cool with us. The female officer I'm with sees oh crap he's got a bunch of drugs on the table right there behind him she's like wait hold on is that drugs right there and as soon as she notifies him that she sees the drugs he loses his mind he's like blah and he and he goes to punch her and i grab him and i push him against the wall and i'm like dude hey knock it off knock it off and I'm. I've got him pinned against the wall, and I'm holding his T-shirt. Well, he does this crazy magician move where he raises his hands up. <laughs> I've got his. I've got him by the shirt, right, pushed against the wall. He raises his hands up and lowers his body down, and he comes out of his shirt. <laughs> oh, wow. Literally, like, boof, out of his shirt. And I'm holding onto his shirt, and now he's like running down the hall, shirtless. I like, start running after him, and I pull my taser out and I shoot him with the taser. One prong hits him in the top part of the back. One part hits him like right in his buttocks perfect spread. And he just turns, grabs the wires and pulls the wires out of the taser, but it stops him. And I'm running after him. I jump on top of his back. Me fully kitted out at the time. I'm probably like 270 with all my kit on. I jump on his back. This guy is maybe five foot 10, 170 pounds. And he runs with me down the hall (laughs) on his back. He runs with me down the hall. And I'm like, oh shit, this is not normal, right? Yeah. And he's running with me down the hall. I put my foot down between his legs as I'm on his back and it trips him up, falls to the ground, stands up, and now he's in a fighting stance. He's got his hands up and he's acting like he's going to punch me. And I raise my hands up too and I clock him one right in his mouth, just smashed him right in the mouth. And he falls back against the wall and he comes back up a moment later. Eyes rolled in the back of his head when I hit him. When he comes back up, his eyes go wide, looks at me, spits out some teeth, says, you are a real cop. (laughs) and raises his hands up again. I'm like, oh, here we go. Boom, and I hit him again. Does the same thing. It's like repeat, on repeat, dude. I hit him like probably five or six times. The last time I hit him, my hand glances off his head, and it hits the wall. The wall's made of cement. I break my hand. I don't know it at the time, but I break one of my knuckles. Boom, break the knuckle. We go to the ground, and we're fighting on the ground. It felt like for freaking ever. Any listener who's been in a fight, you'll know. If you fight for longer than a minute, Two minutes if you're not trained in fighting, that feels like an eternity. Well, I fought this guy for eight straight minutes. We fought for eight straight minutes like a knockdown, drag out fight. I've got, you know, I've got pretty good positioning on him, and I'm on top of him, but I'm getting I'm getting tired. The officer I'm with, when she was fighting with him initially, the very first part of the fight, she like tore one of the ligaments in her thumb. Mm. So she's out of the fight. I'm basically fighting this guy by myself. Almost the exhaustion. You know, I don't have many tools in my bag now. Because my taser didn't work. OC is not going to work. Batal is not going to work in this instance right here. So basically, I've got to, you know, use my physical force. I'm getting so tired to the point where it's like, the only way I'm going to handle this, I'm going to have to shoot this guy. I get his back and I put him in a choke hold. Rear naked choke. Finally, his body goes limp. I can put the cuffs on him. So I let off the choke. And as soon as I let off the choke, flying again, like trying to fight me again. Put that choke back on him. And I look at the officer with I'm like, put your cuffs on this guy. Put your cuffs on him. He runs over and like puts the cuffs on him as I as I've got the choke put on. As soon as I let the choke off, boom, he's back alive again like fighting like it like it was 10 minutes ago, you know. Yeah. Right from the first part of the fight. But we got cuffs on him now. And I pick him up and we got to take him out. I got to call medical out. I put him over my shoulder and I like fireman carry him out <laughs> down to the you know like down the landing, down the stairs cuz we're on the second floor. Go down the stairs, get out to the main area. I plop him on the floor just outside the, the main doors and we call for medical. Medical shows up. They transport this guy to the hospital. Turns out he was hella high on PCP and methamphetamine. It was insane the amount of energy and strength this guy had. He was not a big guy, but because of the drugs he had on board, he was able to fight me. I'm a pretty big guy. He's able to fight me off like flipping wet paper sack.
3: So one of the clubs downtown, we were out there dealing with uh with another incident across the street at one of the hotels. And while we're across the street dealing with this situation, we hear a lot of yelling and screaming and stuff coming from the patio area of the club, which is kind of normal, but this type of yelling and screaming was very angry. And so that kind of draws our attention. So we take a look over and there's a security guard or one of the bouncers trying to kick a dude off of the property. Steve and I go be bopping across the street while the one other officer that we were with is dealing with the little civil problem. So by the time we get across the, the main road and we get to the sidewalk, we start walking over to him and we watch this, this guy punch the bouncer in the face. Well, unbeknownst to the club goer, the bouncer is a bare knuckle boxing champion. So he takes, he takes this punch square in the jaw and just stares at the guy. And you can see the dude gets scared. He takes a half step back. Like, holy crap. Like I just gave this dude the Terminator. My be- <laughs> He's like, I just gave this dude my best shot and he didn't even flinch. So the bouncer recognizes Steve and I. And so he kind of just points to this dude and he's like, Hey, this, this dude's got to go. And so the guy turns around and sees us and immediately takes off running. And so of course we, we go and pursuit we, we start chasing this dude down and he's running in and out of traffic running along the, the sidewalk and goes all the way across the street and we're yelling the whole time please stop you know stop get out of the road and so we start running through this parking lot of the hotel across the street the other officers that are dealing with the silver problem, they they jump in pursuit. The dude finally starts getting close to the hotel and stops and turns around, you know, sets his feet, balls up his hands and raises his hands up. A couple of the other officers beat Steve and I to this guy and they all stop. They stop like eight feet away from this guy. In my head, I'm like, why the freak are we stopping? Steve runs right through the, the, the officers and just tackles this guy, hits this dude with no regard for human life whatsoever. So
0: the first time Steve ever caught anybody on a foot
3: I think pursuit. that was his first successful <laughs> foot pursuit. You'd have to check his Facebook for his for his ongoing number, but I'm pretty sure that was his first
2: successful
0: foot we pursuit. We always gave him shit about, <laughs> about George always catching his foot pursuits for him.
2: <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story after that about Steve. So
3: Steve hits this guy just with the force of a two-ton whatever. Hits this dude, goes to the ground. Steve doesn't completely wrap up, right? Because he never played football so he doesn't know how to wrap up it's they land on the ground and steve just goes sliding right off him and so i'm still in full sprint the guy rolls over like he's gonna jump on steve's back well so as the dude starts running over i just dive on the guy and just hit him with an elbow boom just solid hit on on a uh, right on his head and the dude kind of lays back and steve jumps up and of course the other officers everyone dog piles on this guy the guy's not giving up his hands, right? And so Steve comes flying in with this beautiful knee strike. He hits him so hard, he knocks me completely off this guy. I'm like, knocked like a foot away. And so by the time I get back up, um, the dude's giving up, you know, we roll him over and throw the handcuffs on him, do a quick uh, search of the dude, and then we start walking him over to where our cars are. Well, we get over to the cars, doing a full search, throw the dude in the backseat of the car, and this lady, gal, this this young gal, who kind of watched the whole thing, comes walking over with a shoe, and says, hey, I think one of you guys dropped this. And we're looking around. We're like, we wear boots. We don't wear shoes. We're like, it's not one of ours. And she says, no, no, no. It's the guy that you just put, you know, that you guys just arrested. When that other officer hit him, he hit him so hard that his shoe stayed in place. <laughs> and we all looked at each other. We're like, what? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I saw the whole thing. His shoe stayed exactly where it was at nice. when he got tackled. And we all started laughing. Nice. You know, and so we, of course, because of the the force that we use, we call medical. So... The ambulance comes out to check him out, so we pull him out of the car, sit him on the back of the ambulance, and he's getting checked out. While the the EMTs are kind of doing their thing, he's looking at us and he's he's like, "I I have a question." And we're like, "Okay." And he says, "Which one of you guys tackled me?" So we we point to this smaller officer. and we say that guy? And he goes, "No, no, no, no." He's like, "For real, like, which one of you guys tackled me?" And we're both pointing to this little dude, and we're like, "That that's the dude that that hit you." He looks he looks at the officer, and he goes, "I never ever." want to fight with you ever again (laughs) so to this day this dude thinks that some little five foot eight 150 pound dude just completely cleaned his clock it was awesome
0: awesome.
2: oh we were dying that was a good one that's pretty funny let's hear your story oh no yeah just with steve so i remember showing up um at one of the popular bars that you like to trot around at. I remember hearing something about like a fight happening, whatever. And I see Steve chasing after two dudes and I park my car really fast. I jump out so fast that my phone had fell out of my pocket onto the asphalt right next to my car. Luckily it was still there when I came back. <laughs> um, but by the grace of God, nobody yeah, stole it. That's surprising. That's the thing, right?
0: Especially downtown. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying.
2: So I just, I'm in freaking, I'm running, but I'm, 30 yards behind them. Like yeah. I'm, I'm need to catch up. They take a quick turn left. And now there's only one dude in front of Steve and Steve's still running. That guy's, and I was like, where'd the other guy go? Steve just was like over there. And I look to my left and I just see feet jumping. Like I just see the, like the little feet jumping over this, like eight, foot metal fence. I was like, dude, is that dude Spider-Man? Like, How the hell am I going to get up there? And so I run at this wall and I jump and somehow I made it over. I'm not a great jumper. I don't know how I made it over this wall. I jump over and I see him, I guess at the same time, or just like seconds before they had called out this foot pursuit, there was another foot pursuit on a different channel, but it was still the same one. So they restricted this channel for the other foot pursuit so now we're in this foot pursuit and they told us to switch but i'm in the foot pursuit so i didn't i'm not hearing any of this i jump over the wall and then the dude gets stuck behind this metal fence that he can't jump over and i run at him and i freaking tackle him and we hit the ground and i put him in cuffs or whatever and i was like sweet i got one So then I'm like, on the radio, I'm like, hey, I got one back here. And they're like, get off our channel. Well, I was like, oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. I was like, oh, oh my God. And uh, so then I come back out. And I guess some other officers had cut that other guy off that Steve was chasing and had caught him. Mm -hmm. And so then we like, you know, we talk about it, whatever. I got the guy. You know, I'm like super stoked. I'm still like a newer officer. And I was like, yeah, I got my guy. No big deal. And then Steve comes over and he's like, hey, man. We're releasing all of them. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And he's Apart like, of the course. He's like, yeah, it was like mutual combat, blah, blah, blah. No, nobody, <laughs> no, nobody's getting charged. I'm like, I just had a spider ran over this oh, wall, shit. dead sprinting. and I got yelled at by some dude over the radio. Thanks a lot, Steve.
0: So that right there concludes our episode of The Fight Night. Who are some of your other sponsors to make sure that people can go to them and see that, you know, help that benefit you?
2: Best MMA gym in Utah, elite performance. Then we have Water and Wellness, Rockwell Watches, Super great products. I have
0: together. a Rockwell. It's a sun watch. I don't know if there's a cop out there that doesn't have a Rockwell, to be honest so, with you.
2: I don't, because I'm poor. Use you,
0: son of a bitch. You, you Wait, can hold use on. my
2: code, the judge20, and get 20% off, my friend. Yeah, yeah plug I don't, that, bro, I don't for make, sure. I don't make that <laughs> do, money.
0: Hold oh on. My, shut the fuck up. Do, do the
1: tugboats deliver Rockwell watches <laughs> to your <laughs> island? <laughs> it's rowboats. Okay, okay. rowboats. You we have an haven't got that you technology yet. We yep. can get it.
3: <laughs> we have an airport. Fuck.
1: I hate
0: you guys so much.
2: And uh, Spartan Trades. And then uh, last but not least, Body Temple Athletics on Instagram.
0: All right. So we got some of those put in there. We got some of those plugged, which is obviously something we want to do for you. Thanks for coming out here Appreciate and, and uh, podcasting with us. Remember, go to domesticatedsavages.com. Click on the link. Go to our site. Click on Play on Spotify get us some listens there. That helps us out. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Domesticated Savages. Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. Remember, stay savage.